This is Tom Goolsby, and welcome back to Mastering Law, the podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to attorneys to help you master the business of practicing law. Now, today we're striking close at home. The name of this podcast is Why You Should Be a Trial Lawyer. And it is an odd title and an odd thought for probably most of you who've been practicing a while. What in the world would this be about? Well, the answer is simple. We need trial lawyers. Most lawyers listening, most lawyers practicing are not trial advocates. Now, we all go down our different paths, but the one thing I think the world needs more of and your practice might need to get supercharged is learning how to be a trial lawyer. The last time most lawyers ever even talked to a witness was actually when you took your trial ad course probably in law school. I try out more cases now after 25 years of practice than I probably ever had. And it's easier than it ever has been. And it's actually more fun. And it's really for all the young lawyers and even the lawyers that have been in practice a while. I'm telling you, it is the quickest and the best way to separate yourself from everyone else that you know, just about. Now, how do you do it? Well, you have to find cases, of course, to try. One way a lot of lawyers do it, like me, even though I do a lot of personal injury work, of course, a lot of those cases settle. However, the way I keep my trial skills sharp and the way I got them to begin with, early on we did a lot more personal injury trials than we do now. Uh, but commercial litigation, you name it, corporate litigation, uh, contract litigation, commercial disputes, whatever it might be, having trial skills, they really go across the board. The ability to tear a witness down on the stand, the ability to rehabilitate a witness, the ability to impeach witnesses, the ability to put on evidence, to lay foundations, to do opening arguments, closing arguments, well, openings and closing arguments. Your opening's not supposed to be an argument, actually. It's an opening statement. But all of those things, and to really become honed and skilled is an incredible skill set to have. It truly does make you, in many ways, a master of law because you've got the ability to actually go into a courtroom and handle a case. So how do you find cases to begin with, to, to start this idea of being a trial lawyer? Look for the crappiest cases to find. I will tell you, as a trial advocate, the last three, over just the last few months, I have had one, two, three, four jury trials of totally crap cases. I mean, people would say there is no way you're going to win that case. I won three of the four the fourth one, they had my client on video admitting to the crime. They had her admitting to the crime to an officer. They had her giving a written statement to the crime, allegedly. And I was simply trying to get my client a misdemeanor instead of a felony conviction. I got the jury hung up, and, and at the very end of the trial, just before they came back and said they were hopelessly deadlocked, I negotiated what I'd wanted the whole time, had her pled in before the judge, before the jury came back, and the judge had to throw the case you know, into a mistrial. And I got my misdemeanor plea 
uh, probation with some restitution, which is all I was ever looking for. I didn't want her to be a felon. So you say, how do you do that? How, how, why would you want to try out crappy cases? Well, the beautiful thing is that you really have nothing to lose. <laughs> I always tell people there is no pressure when I've got a hopeless case. And the fact of the matter is that I've learned, because I'm so excited and I'm so enthused and I care so much about my cases, that that alone puts me so much farther ahead in the courtroom than somebody who's got all the facts but no passion. And I will tell you that if you're trying out sure loser cases, you know when you do actually win one of those, it's so much more motivating than simply winning the kind of case that you should always win. And what's also hard, I think the most pressure is on, is when I have a case I should win. And then it's up to me to screw it up. So let me make a few suggestions about all sorts of things. If you work, if you work in an office with a whole bunch of other attorneys, encourage those attorneys, instead of referring out or dumping cases that are actually going to have to go to trial, uh, start working on those cases and trying them. If you have cases that come in, when I was in the Senate here in North Carolina a few years ago, I actually upped the small claims amount from $5,000 to $10,000 in small claims court, which means small automobile accident, chiropractic only, or just emergency room only, automobile cases are now fair game. I mean, if you can go in and try a case out in literally an hour with no discovery and get a $10,000 or close judgment, I mean, that's a $3,000 paycheck for you in an hour and maybe an hour of time dealing with the client or whatever. Uh, otherwise, you know, $1,500 an hour, not a bad payday. So what do you do? You, you start asking folks in your office, friends of yours who are other attorneys, anybody for the ability to try cases. If you have a court-appointed list, and you want to try your hand at some criminal cases, get appointed on some misdemeanor cases. Now you're like, wait a minute, I haven't tried anything out since law school. What the hell do I do? I don't even know what to do. Well, if you want, if you're really interested, start spending, setting aside an hour or so later in the day, typically is when the trials start where I live, and probably in most places you might have a morning session. Go down and, go down and spend a few minutes. I will tell you that there's nothing more, there, there's no more talking of a person you'll run into than an attorney who's just won a trial. If you sit there and watch somebody wrap up a quick hearing, a quick case, and win a motion or win a short bench trial, there, there's nobody going to tell you more about what they do and how excited they are about trying cases to somebody who's just won. So I'd encourage you to go and approach lawyers. The, the only way you're going to find trial lawyers is to go to the courthouse and look for them. And I will tell you also the skill set that you amass, whether it's with little personal injury cases that you're trying out in small claims court, cases that you're trying out bench trials in district court here in North Carolina, which is misdemeanor court, uh, going in and doing small jury trials. I mean, uh, the only way you're going to be able to master trying cases is by actually going in and doing them. Now, what will this give you in the long run? Well, of course, it's going to give you the ability to actually try a case. Every matter in life, every conflict can end up 
in a courtroom when it's all said and done, where you've got a judge, at least two lawyers, you've got a plaintiff and a defendant, or the state and a defendant, and you've got a jury of 12 people, most of whom don't want to be there. And if you've amassed the skill set to be able to walk into that forum and actually present a case, it is an amazing thing. And it will bring you cases and bring you work if you're willing to amass those skills. Now, you might say, how do I actually do this besides showing up at the courthouse, asking friends to give me some cases, maybe getting on a court-appointed list, or getting on a list, and there's any number of appointments you can get. Their parents, uh, we have in North Carolina, the first assignment I ever had was a parent's attorney for parents who were having their children taken away from them, typically because the parents had mental problems or they had emotional problems, psychological problems. Uh, There's all sorts of of cases. You might have courts that assign people to help women get child support for their children. You might, uh, there's any number of things. You just have to go down to the clerk's office and start asking some questions. Also, picking up the phone and calling other attorneys telling them that you're starting to get into trials. If they have any cases they don't want to handle that need to go to trial, would they mind referring them to you? If you make enough calls and you ask enough people, you will actually find folks who need your help. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to the the podcast we've done about getting referrals from other attorneys. It'll teach you how to actually put letters together, follow up, and get referrals from other attorneys. That is extremely important. The next thing that you actually need to do, besides simply asking folks for cases, going down to the courthouse looking for cases, is to start spending time getting the knowledge base so that you can actually do the work. How do you do that? I'll tell you how I did it. I simply did it by going and purchasing Modern Trial Advocacy Analysis and Practice. That is a book that uh, Nita put out back in 1993. I got the first edition. I think I got licensed in 91. And after about a year, year and a half, I decided I wanted to become a real trial attorney. So what did I do? I started spending about 30 minutes. I think I set a timer, if I remember correctly. It's been 20-something years now. I set a timer, and I started literally sitting down at my house for at least 30 minutes a day, reading that book, taking notes, and learning all the things that were there for me to learn. Things like the initial case analysis, storytelling and how important that is. And you can ask anybody who's ever worked with me on a case. Every case I have has a theme. It is a theme that I carry throughout the case. If you don't have a three to seven word theme of your case, you know, wrongfully accused mother of two, you know, uh, at wrong place, wrong time. I mean, you can come up with whatever the theme might be with the case and you hammer that into your head, and everything revolves around that. But what a great book, Modern Trial Advocacy Analysis and Practice. I think it's in its fifth edition now. And again, like I said, it's got everything, case analysis, storytelling, conducting examinations, impeachment, how to use experts, objections, foundations. I mean, you name it, it is all there. You can get it from Nexus 
uh, Lexus Nexus books. They'll sell it to you for about 95 bucks. I found a Kindle version also on Amazon for about $68. That's something you need to buy. I like the hardbound edition, and you can get some of the earlier editions for even cheaper, but literally you should wear that book out. It will help you learn everything you really need to know. I mean, for, for how to lay foundations, how to get evidence in, all those kind of things, the stuff that might keep you up worrying at night. I will tell you, though, having tried hundreds and hundreds of cases, it gets easier and easier as you go along, and it also, at some point, it gets to where it's just fun. You just now, you have to be on the whole time. There's no resting when you're in the courtroom, but it really is a great deal of joy to have that kind of skill set to really be able to go in and advocate for people. And it will do incredible things for you. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about too, besides just studying this book and any other books that you can find, you know, reading whatever your local lawyer's weekly is for your state, making sure that in the area of the law you're interested in, you're keeping up with what's going on, you understand the new cases that have come out, that kind of stuff. And again, not something you have to spend an inordinate amount of time on, but glancing through it occasionally and getting yourself into the courtroom. Not just on occasion, but as often as you reasonably can. Because the more witnesses you examine, the more cross-examinations that you do, the more times you impeach people, the more times you lay foundations for evidence and get those types of things in, the better it will be. Now, Besides simply reading this one book and any other book you might find, I also would very much encourage you to join various lawyers, associations, different groups. Uh, in, you know, if you're a, a DWI, DUI lawyer, there's some national groups there. There's national trial advocate groups and such. Those can be very good for you actually to get your CLE to go to their conferences and get to know other guys in your area. What a wonderful way to get cases referred to you. And I will tell you, there is no more interesting a group of people to be around than actual real trial lawyers. As you start dealing with them, you realize what a very exclusive and limited club that is and how these are, are brave men and women they're resilient people. They can take loss. They can also love to take wins. They're almost all type A's. And you don't have to be a type A. But, but when you're a trial lawyer, you actually become one. You'll find yourself becoming that. They're, they're powerful people. They're self-reliant people. They're good people for the most part. And I would encourage you as you start to do this, always open up to people if you're new. One thing I always do when I'm dealing with a, a young lawyer on the other side that opens up and asks me for help, I don't just cut their throats out. I mean, I will try my best to beat them, absolutely, but I'll also help give them tips if they want tips and if they're smart enough to actually ask and to humbly act that way. Not in court. I mean, when you're a court, you're on. You don't, you don't show any sign of weakness at all, but I would encourage you as you're learning not to be a jerk to other people. You always, I find myself, when I can, cutting the other attorney a break. If somebody screws up, 
and there's something you can do. I mean, again, that law of reciprocity, I find, comes back again and again and again. Maybe you have a bar where people are really hard and difficult and not friendly and will literally take advantage of you. I don't practice in an area, and I've never allowed myself to act that way. I've really never allowed myself to practice in an area where people act that way. I just don't tolerate it. And, and maybe that's because I don't. I've never had people treat me that way. But I do try to help my other fellow attorneys on the other side. If there's anything I can reasonably do to be a reasonable person, I'm sure not going to give up any advantage, but I'm not going to lie to people. I'm not going to mislead people. I'm not going to uh, hide their notes or do terrible things like that. But I will tell you that I do act nice and pleasant, but when it's game time in the courtroom, I go for the juggler thing. And I've had so many times where witnesses are like, wow, this, this guy was so nice until I got on the stand. And then the next thing I knew, he had, you know, basically thrown me to the ground and stomped on me. Well, when I go into court, I'm representing one person, and that is my client. And I'm going to do everything with the bounds of my ethical code and the law in order to defeat the person or persons or state or government on the other side. Now, you will have your defeats. I mean, anybody who says, I don't ever lose a case, never tries out a hard case, and is never, ever willing to go in there and put themselves on the line, but you will. If you want to be a real trial lawyer, you'll have your good days, you'll have your bad days, and you'll have your real crappy days. And you just have to flow with that and roll with it. And you have to realize there is always tomorrow. There is another day. And this is not a game where you always win. Don't ever expect to always win. And when you do screw up, and we all screw up, I can think of some of the screw-ups I have made over the years that at the time really made me feel awful. And if I made that mistake again, I'd feel just as bad, probably worse now that I'm older and more experienced, but chalk it up to experience. I keep a journal. In fact, I do it now pretty much on my iPhone and I do it during breaks. I'll jot down a note. But when there are things that I learn in a trial, in just about every trial, you can learn something. The bigger the trial, typically the more you will learn. But I keep those things in a notebook. I keep notes of things that I learn when I experience a really good question that I might want to always ask on a particular type of case in the voir dire when we're picking a jury. I'll keep those when I have a, a way of introducing certain things or how I might cross-examine certain kinds of witnesses or magic words or phrases I might use uh, all, or, or jokes I might use in a closing I keep those things in a book so that I have them. The stuff that you think about is this is important now. Put it somewhere where you can find it in the future. That is extremely important. And I would also encourage you, as I'm looking through the notes that I made for this, that the number one investment that we can make in anything, and it's not in the technology that we use in the courtroom, and I use really very little technology, uh, I, I have some ideas about some things that I'm actually changing uh, to, to use some more technology, but typically I, I don't really use 
much blackboard technology or anything else, although I would not discourage that at all. But the number one thing to put your investment in is actually you. I mean, it comes down to your skill set. There is no computer. There's no cheap attorney that's working overseas from India or some English-speaking foreign country where they can hire that person to do your job. There's nobody that's going to be more in demand, I think, in the future and now than a skilled trial advocate. And the best person that you can actually invest in is going to be you. The CLEs you go to, the trainings you go to, the time you spend investing in yourself, in your speaking abilities, in your, just your rhetoric abilities, in your ability to know the law, know the, the foundations of evidence, how to get things in. I mean, all of those are going to be absolutely invaluable to you as you go along and move through your ability to become a trial attorney. And I guess the last thing I would really like to say to you is calm down. There's plenty of time. It's going to take some time for you to get this skill set. I've seen, and I, and I actually had a lawyer two weeks ago who came to me, who I had seen lose a case uh, several, that's probably well over a year ago. And I had watched her do a very good job. I watched her make some critical errors. And after she lost the case, I went up and encouraged her. I told her some mistakes I had made in the past. I made some encouraging remarks, and I told her that this is a long-term pursuit, that the goal is to get better and better and better over time, and that you will if you just stick with it. She came up recently and told me how much that meant to her, that as that trial had ended, she was so down that she was really sitting there questioning why she would ever, ever go into a courtroom again. And I felt that way myself. And that my words of encouragement coming from me, from somebody with my experience, and I, and I do have young attorneys that come to watch me in trials. And I've gotten, I, I, I will admit, I've gotten pretty good at this over the years. And I, she said that coming from me, the encouragement that I gave her caused her to continue on. She since had a couple more trials under her belt, improved, she felt like, significantly, and she was actually excited again about litigating. So I do want to encourage you to give this a shot. You will find yourself in a very, very, very special class of lawyers when you get into the kind of attorney who actually is comfortable and good at litigating cases. You will be a breed apart, a special breed, and it will help your law practice in incredible ways. It'll help not only your law practice and people referring cases to you and you being able to do things that other people can't do, but it will also give you this feeling that no matter what happens in the world, you know everything can boil down to a courtroom and an advocate who is skilled and can go in there and represent folks is a special person indeed. So I want you to, I want to encourage you, 
most people go to law school because they're interested in being trial lawyers, and then they find themselves pulled out of that mix thinking, well, it is scary. I don't know what to do. Hell, I didn't know what to do for years, but that didn't stop me from going into court. I trained myself. I kept getting experience, and I finally felt like in the last probably eight years, six to eight years, I felt as if I'm in that mastery portion of my practice. That's after 25 years. You can do it quicker if you do more trials. Also, as you're an older attorney and you know more, it'll probably come to you quicker for those who are pushing on in their practices but are still interested, still have that spark. I very much encourage you. I would like to ask you that if you take any of this to heart, you have any questions, you have comments or enthusiasms as you've jumped into this over the next many months, I would very much love to hear from you. You can always write us at Mastering Law. also encourage you to go to our website, to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, to ask us questions that you might have about your practice. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, we always love to hear those. And again, this podcast is dedicated to you, this one today in particular, to all those trial attorneys out there who are struggling in our courtrooms every day. I'm Tom Goolsby. Thank you for being with me from MasteringLaw.com.